Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try I mean, we want more uh, we wanted to make the playoffs now obviously with things out of reach we're building for next year but we want to win we, we we do a lot of good things and we're coming the right way but at the end of the day guys are guys want to win every night and, and it's something that we're focused on we're just going to regroup and come back ready to go here on thursday hello welcome to another Laz and powers i'm scott powers joined by mark lazarus mark hello good after good morning what is it i don't even know it is uh, 12 12 p.m so it is afternoon yes um it is a beautiful <laughs> Thursday, yeah, my days are all, like, I don't know, just the, the weeks are kind of blending in again to me with me, and end of the season's here, and it, I, it's weird, I mean, they only, I mean, they're done after Monday, right? Wow. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, I think it's Tuesday, is it Tuesday or is it Sunday, Monday? Monday, right? Oh, is it Sunday, Monday? You can tell how much attention I'm paying to the Blackhawks <laughs> yeah, at this think point. So. I, th- I think I've checked out like most people have checked out, yeah, frankly. it's, uh, um, here comes the end. Yeah, that was, by the way, a new voice of the Blackhawks, Riley yeah. Stillman, not, not a voice or uh Listeners are probably all that familiar with, but that was after Tuesday's game um, about what they're playing for down the stretch here. Um, You're better with the intros than I am. I need to. Uh, I, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't just leave Riley Stillman. If it was like, you know, Patrick Kane's voice, I think everybody would know that. We do need to identify the Riley Stillman of the world. This, that's the thing. There's so many guys in this team that 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 fans are just unfamiliar. That, that you and I are unfamiliar well, I mean, with. I mean, Alec, Alec Regula is going to make his uh, NHL debut, right. and I just thought he's the ninth. Ninth NHL player, uh, NHL debut of the season. Yeah, for the someone Hawks? was, uh, or even someone was telling me that they've had uh, birth year '97. They've had like 15 players that were born, or their yeah, their uh, was it yeah birth year '97? Yeah, something. It was like a, some crazy. That's the Connor McDavid year. Yeah, yeah, like it's all. Um, yeah, I mean they played so many young guys this year, and, and it's it's been hard, so hard to keep this season into the context of that because i think the expectations did change with with them being yeah. competitive in the playoff spot and then um and then then i mean what what's happened here at the end is sort of what we expected this season and, and now even now it's like well bolquist is out dahan's out carpenter i mean carpenter lesser extent but even i mean they're role players they played certain roles on this team like they're missing more guys they're playing younger guys and um yeah, I don't know if they're going to win a game again here toward the finish. You know, like the the ending can be really bad and sort of sort of a taste of what the season could have been like. You know, but um, so yeah, I don't. It's it's hard because I I think fan base they're frustrated by 
I guess them not, you know, like they, they got their hopes up and then, and then you got this losing streak and, you know, like people are still questioning what they look like in the future and how this gets better. And so it feels like such, it's been such a mixed season of fans yeah. responses, you know? Well, well, we've got, speaking of fan responses, we've got about two dozen questions from, from listeners at least. And that's just uh, the ones that weren't redundant. And there was a lot of the same ones. So um, we're going to get to a lot of those and answer them. That's how we're going to spend the most of this podcast. We figure that's the way to do it. Cause you and I have talked circles around this team by now. I think we know what we know where things are, but we try to get the, the pulse of the fan base a little bit. But first, we should talk about uh, Kirby Doc and Colin Delia. I think that's the two interesting things happening right now. Kirby Doc, uh, they're sitting him for the rest of the year. No surprise when when he when he had to pull out of the last game with uh, some wrist discomfort. Um, you know, the, the Blackhawks insist that there was no risk of him playing. It was just a matter of dealing with pain. Uh, clearly, it, it's, I think they called it an aggravation of scar tissue or whatever they want to call it. Um, I heard there's nothing to really be concerned about. Mm-hmm. That it's not like something was re-injured or re-aggravated. It's not going to require any cleaning out or anything like that. Uh, but it's just, it's you know, he came back because he wanted to help them make the playoffs. When he came back, this was a, potentially a playoff team, and I don't think they rushed him back. I think he might have pushed himself to get back and was wanting to play. Um, I, I, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. And I think it's obviously the right call. I mean, what are you what are you playing and done these last yeah. three games for? What, what are you going to gain out of that? Yeah, and and he's, I mean, I, I think him coming back when he did, it's also about how young he is and just how quickly you can rebound sometimes when you're younger from from these type of things. Um, and and yeah, there's there, there's no reason to play him. Um, and I think he'd be the first one to say that this, you know, in his return, he wasn't he wasn't even the player he was. You know, we saw against the Oilers and against uh, against Vegas and and even how you know how he looked in the world, you know, go heading in the World Juniors. Like there, there's. Uh, this was necessary. I think a necessary step for him to get back on the ice. And now you rehab some more and, you know, like, you know, he's got some more NHL experience now. And then, you know, next season, uh, I'm sure that they're hoping with the right, right off season, the right rehab that he comes back looking like he did this year before. Um, yeah, just because I don't think he has been at that same level that we saw. But yeah, to get him any kind of experience again, you know, getting these all these young guys experience in, in some big games and putting these situations. Um, Colin Delia is really interesting where, I, I mean, the start of the year, we I think we both sort of assumed that he was probably the front runner for that job, you know, yeah, like it's no question. Um, and, and then he. I I know a lot of again it's I don't know what what the voice of the fans are because we you know we heard the loudest loudest fans and there's people upset about about Colin Delia, um, but but a couple in particular one of them who deleted their account uh, right right after the uh, right after his big effort the other night. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I mean honestly, Lincoln and, and Subban outplayed him. Delia got a chance. Um, you know, from what I've heard, that the Blackhawks weren't especially happy with Delia, even you know, like how he's practicing and, and some of these other factors. So, um, you know, when he went down to Rockford, he got some games, and um, you know, they were happy to get him playing. But you know, like when Lincoln and Subban were giving you a chance, and there wasn't any uh, real inconsistency, you know, toward the end, there have there's been more with with uh, Lincoln as of late, but I mean, Subban wasn't playing much. And when he, when he came in, he gave you a chance. There was really no reason to mix it up. And, um, and now Dealey gets another chance too. And, and I think next season, as long as there's a proper preseason, I, I think Dealey is going to get a look again too. You know, like the, you get some preseason games. Um, they're going to have to, someone's going to have to go down to go through waivers. Like they were Blackhawks. They, they carried three goalies all year this year because they were worried someone would, you know, be, get taken off of waivers. And next year, you know, like it, it just, it's not a realistic way to go about it uh, or a fair way to go about it. Um, so I, I think Delia will either, you know, like I, I think his fate will be determined 
from and to how he looks in the preseason. Um, you know, there's there's a slight chance he gets taken in the expansion draft, but um, and and then we'll just you know if he if he goes through waivers, if he isn't one of those top two goalies, then you know we'll see if someone wants to pick him up, and then he has a chance to prove himself. You know, either there or back in Rockford again. Well, let, let's use that to jump right into the questions here we got because Eric Andrews was right on that target. He said, "Are you satisfied with Chicago's goaltending outlook of Kevin Lankin and, and Drew Comesso? He's not even talking about uh, Subban or, or Delia. Or does the team need to acquire a legitimate number one, which they had in Robin Leonard, for what it's worth? That's his words, not mine. Or draft the truly elite goaltending prospect, play and cost them Yaroslav Askar, uh, Askarov. Um, you know, it was interesting because, you know, we did our scouts piece, which we always love doing that, where we talk to scouts and talent evaluators and executives who uh, who kind of dish anonymously, which gives them a little carte blanche to say how they really feel about some of these guys. And um, one of the ones uh, one of the ones we talked to, he said, look, they don't have a number one. Lankinen's a 1B. Like he's a guy who can fill in when your number one goes down. You know, uh, kind of like the way they had Scott Darling and, and Auntie Ranta for a while, where they looked at those guys as not true number ones, but a really good option in case your number one gets hurt. And that scout thought that Stan Bowman's got to go out and sign a number one goalie this summer. I don't know. I haven't looked too far ahead. At who's, it's not going to be like last year where every goalie in the world was on the market. But I'll be interested to see if they do come back with Langan and Subban and Delia. Uh, Comesso, he's, he's, he's a couple of years away still. I mean, he's a very yeah. young prospect and goalies take forever unless you're, uh, you know, Carter Hart type who, who make a, the jump early. Um, I'd be really interested to see if they don't bring in at least some kind of veteran to compete like a cam ward type not cam ward obviously but that kind of guy where they brought him in just to give them another option because i don't know you know lankanen he was great for a for a couple of months and then he clearly declined i think he was just being played way too much uh you know that's not a schedule he'd ever played before uh overseas or in rockford um i think they like him a lot i think they still see him as a potential number one but i don't think they're convinced yet he's a 1a and the hard part is that there's not like you're you're probably not convinced that Subban or or Delia is the the one A or the one B right like that's like if you had two players of equal footing that you feel like well one of these guys is my starter one's my backup and if I'm comfortable with both like you can make it work like there's a competition level there's um you know there's there's more of a just security with that I I, I don't know like if Lincoln and where to go down and that's you know like that's something that we haven't seen is a lot of injuries to these young players where there isn't as much depth that like where do you where where are you at then like are you comfortable with Subban and Delia are you are you are you comfortable with you know one of those guys being the backup and I and I don't know it's like that's the case as good as Subban has been this season he's given you a chance a lot of games like the numbers still they still aren't amazing right like they're not no I, I don't know if I'm I'm still comfortable as Subban is my number two um and and I guess I guess the hard part is that you probably didn't give Delia enough evaluation, you know, there. But if if there's other factors you don't like, then then that's hard to just throw someone in that role. Yeah, too. I mean, it's like 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 you said, they didn't, you know, they weren't a huge fan of Delia's practice habits necessarily. They love Subban's practice habits. He works his ass off, and they love him about them. They they really like the work ethic. But you know, he's he's an older he's older than those guys. I mean, he's 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 a 2012 draft pick and he still has massive rebound control issues. Yeah. And that's the number one thing in the NHL. You give up rebounds, you're going to give up goals. So you can make spectacular saves and he does. But if you can't smother the puck, you're not going to be a number one goalie in this league. And that's kind of always been the knock on Subban, who's been, you know, down this road a few for a few years now. One one of the interesting numbers I was looking through the uh, Sport Logic stuff was about uh, I was going through it the other day and I was going to pull up right now, but it was about rebound control and the stat that they give is uh, 
goalie even strength, no rebound percentage. And the Blackhawks are 29th in the league with a 32.8% for so. I mean, that's partly Subban, but that's also, I mean, that would include Lincoln and two or that. Oh, yeah, those Lincoln and Dealey aren't perfect at that either. Yeah, so yeah, no, I was just like, it's it's interesting that rebound control. Um, It's, yeah, I guess I was going to take this into the defenseman too, but it's. I mean, there, there's areas like they. I don't think there's a lot of certainty. Like there, I think I think amongst the forwards, like there's like, yeah, I, I can see this group that how it works, especially if Taves comes back. But with goalie and and defenseman, there's some more some more questions. And uh, yeah, again, I mean, even coming in this year, we thought bringing in a veteran goalie would have just. Yeah, I don't know, it would raise the level of competition or give you a little bit more certainty. So it'll be interesting to see that because right now you have, I mean, all three of those guys are under contract for next year. Tompkins is under contract. Um, not that, you know, like I don't think Tompkins is within the race. So like you can always, you know, bury guys wherever you want. But um, yeah, it'll be, you know, they have some cap space, but you know, how much, how much do you devote to that? Like how much, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, that, that plays out too, because I, I don't, think that's a certainty okay sandra muir asks i'm really torn about this team and looking at dumping my season tickets talk me on or off the ledge i have a two and a half hour drive when there's no traffic and can't stomach another season like the last three too much investment of heart time and money with no return on it now i would say that even if this is the greatest hockey team of all time if it's a two and a half hour drive each way i wouldn't buy season tickets but that's just me um i you know, this was, you know, I, I think we're, we're losing sight of, this was actually kind of a fun season for the Blackhawks. It's ending really shittily. You know, they're, they, 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 they sold a bunch of guys at the deadline that were useful guys, and they're just losing every game down the stretch and falling out of the picture. I, I get all that. But for a few months, we kept saying, oh, this is a fun team to watch. You got all these young guys coming in. They're exciting. You get to see these guys, at, 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 you know, getting in on the ground floor. Um I am not as down on this team as we got a lot of questions about like, well, they don't have the prospect pool that Detroit has or Anaheim has or LA has. And that might be true, but most of those guys aren't even in the NHL yet. We don't know what they're going to be. You know, when we talk, when we, when you look at Corey it's Pryor, better when Scott Wheeler's, it's almost better when they're not there. You're like, right. Like it's like, it's, well, every, everyone's prospect is great. until look, look at, look, look at what everyone expected out of Ian Mitchell this year and what you got. That doesn't mean Ian Mitchell's a, a bus. It just means it takes a lot of yeah. time. And everyone loves prospects when they're not yet NHL players. And the Hawks, they're all in here now. And most of them have shown they can at least play in the NHL. That's a pretty good hit record. There are very few guys that played this year that were just, oh, my God, get them the fuck off the ice. Like, that hasn't been the issue. These guys have all been capable of playing in the NHL. Um, I'm, I'm just, they have so many pieces now. And, yes, most of them are middle six at best. More likely bottom six guys, like guys like Kurishev, who you might like a lot, but probably should never be more than a third line center, something like that, on, on a great team. And then I, I get all that, but you, when you have this many possibilities, I don't know. You figure a few of them are going to take the next step, yeah. and you, you, the defense is a concern. You don't have a ton of top talent, but there's talent there. Well, couple, and I don't think that it's as dire as some people make yeah. it out to be. Well, a couple of things. I, I think Kershev's really interesting because I, I think there's more upside to him than a lot of these players. Like he's he's the third youngest player on this team next to Boquist yeah. and, and Doc. He's one of the youngest prospects the Blackhawks still have. So I, I feel like Kershev with his the way that he sees the game and stuff, like there's there's room for growth there. Like he wasn't like he's one of the guys that wasn't expected. Like maybe he'd see an NHL sometime this year, but he was a lot quicker than than the other players. I, I think the other thing too is that 
I mean, the Blackhawks haven't won a playoff series since 2015, right? Like, they haven't really, they haven't been in the playoffs when the season, I was writing today, the Blackhawks haven't been in the playoffs when this regular season concluded, you know, like, you got to word it certainly. It's <laughs> you got to work, work around yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and, and, I mean, this will be four consecutive years. Like, it's, right. it's, so as much as the Blackhawks wanted to start this rebuild and they put out the letter and all these things, like, for fans, I think it's just, it's, it's something that's been building over time and it, there's just... There, there's a want for for some success, and they feel like they've gone through the ringer a little bit. And um, and I, I, I'm wondering, you know, I, I think you made a really good point before the season about the, that this rebuild made a lot of sense now because you didn't have to sell season tickets or you didn't have right. to for, for worry about filling the building. Because even now, uh, I looked on ticket you know, Ticketmaster today. There's a lot of tickets available. For, they're still available. For, they're for they're for not going to sell out at this point. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't and I don't know if it's fair that their their sellout streak ends because of this, but I, <laughs> I think it does. It's a sign to what next year's challenges are because I you know I'm not sure that we there's full capacity to start the season and I think some people are going to oh, struggle out there will be struggle yeah. you know with normalcy. But two, it's the fans are fed up with you know like this year like you didn't have to worry so much about winning or losing because from a business aspect you know like it wasn't a focus. But next year the business aspect comes back in and, and certainly the workers want their money and and they you know like everyone's losing money in hockey and so not to have a full building and to have um you know like early on i expect a lot of people back just because they miss hockey and that sort of thing but if this is a struggling team come middle of the season um yeah i don't i don't you know like that be, that becomes a challenge so like i'm curious of what the blackhawks if they approach this offseason any differently or or if they do have a more of a desire to win next year um, because the business aspect does return to the equation. I mean, that it's totally logical and rational and probably the way that they are thinking. It would be the wrong way of doing it, though. From a competitive standpoint, to try to skip a step here, to go out and, like, you know, use your... You, yeah, they, they're going to have some sort of some sort of cap space. You know, they have, they have some flexibility there because of all the LTIR. But to go out and if you're going to, like, try to add some kind of top six forward or something like that or a top-pairing defenseman, unless it's a young guy with term, I'm not sure... That that's the wisest course of action here because you got to let the rebuild play out. Yeah. You got to really commit to it. They've they've been good about this this year. Is you know they they you know Matthias Janmark and Carl Soderberg and all those guys are not in the lineup anymore. They have young guys in the lineup. Mike Hardman is getting a real look. You know Alec Regula is getting in there. To like they're really giving guys a look, and that's what you have to do. And it sucks because the the problem is this isn't the first year of the rebuild in the eyes of the fan base. It's the first year of the rebuild, but it's the fourth year of it in the way it feels yeah, for sure. because they were just treading water for so long and signing veterans like Chris Kunitz and Brandon Manning and those, those kinds of signings every summer, just trying to keep their head above water. That's the problem is the rebuild is right on target. If, if anything, it's ahead of, ahead of target uh, with all the guys that have, have been contributors. The problem is those three middling seasons of nothingness where they were just kind of there and trying to stay alive. That's what makes this feel worse than it really is. And I think, you're right. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to be able to swallow that because if it's this year trans, translated to 82 games, yeah, you're not gonna sell out 22,000 seats a night. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover... 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, this one from Brad Rudner. If you had to guess, what's the percentage likelihood that Zdorov gets re-signed with a glut of younger and better D-men? He hasn't really proven he's worth 3.5 to $4 million a year contract. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't. This is. I don't. I don't have a, the big question. I don't, right? I, yeah, like I don't question. have a clear. Um, I don't have a. You know, I, I think there was a point where the Blackhawks were really interested in signing Zadorov, and, and then the deal didn't get immediately done. From what I, you know, what I sense, and, and you know, like the the qualifying offer is three point two, and I think they're willing to swallow that. At least they were before, and maybe it's there's less of a desire now that you bring in Stillman, who has some similar attributes. Um, the other, the other factor now that they've signed Stillman and, and, and I, I guess I'm not, I thought when Stillman came in, he looked a lot better than he has as of late. And I thought maybe this, you know, resigning him was an absolute that he's protected the expansion. Um, I think the number they got Stillman at's fine, but it, it's, I don't think you want to go into the expansion draft protecting anyone and everyone, you know, like it's, if, if someone wants to take someone that's like a fringe player, then I think you, you take them, you know, like you just, yeah. I, I think you need to do what's best. So if, unless you if, can get Seattle to take, to take Seabrook's contract, don't make any side deals, let them take who they're going to take. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think because there's only a handful of players that, you know, because, because if they go four and four with four defensemen and four forwards, then like, at the end of the day, all you really need to protect is Kane, Taves, the Brinkett and Hagel, you know, like I'm sure right. you don't want to lose some of those other players, but none of them are like, at the end, you know, like you, you, your team's not going to look dramatically different. Um, you know, the, the, so the defense is, you know, like, I just, I don't know where they want to go forward. I, I imagine that, you know, Keith, uh, Keith and Murphy are, you know, are, are in there next year, but you know, I, I don't know who else is an absolute. So, um, yeah, Zidorov will be really interesting. I, I think there, there's certainly been more discussions, but you know, his agent probably wants to get what they feel like he's worth. And it's, it's probably close to that $4 million range. And well, he said, he said earlier this week that, you know, he, he's not looking to make a huge payday. I mean, he was, he, he, well, he said 15 he million. So there's somewhere between right. 3 million and 15 million that fits probably what he's looking for. <laughs> I think he likes it. He is a good fit in this room from all accounts. Everybody likes him. Yeah. Uh, he's a good fit in the room. He likes it here. I think he's going to want to try to make it work. And Stan Bowman might have to make a tough call that even if you can get him at three and a half or whatever it's going to be, that still might not be the right decision for the Blackhawks. Yeah. That's what they're going to have to decide is, do you want him blocking all these young defensemen in there? Or or do you just want to say, you know what, thanks for the memories, but we're going to move on. Uh, this question is from Kiki Keys. This is a non-Blackhawks question, but what are your takes on the Tom Wilson situation? Do you think that Wilson no, should have been suspended? And do you feel that George Peros is unfit in his role as NHL head player for safety, like the Rangers said? Or, or, or as Koganuts put it, why is Tom Wilson? <laughs> Look, I, I, I have, I, I've, I've, I've said a lot on Twitter already about this. Um, I I have not said a lot on Twitter. I I'm just done. I don't say a lot. I I you never say a lot. I, on I, I, I like to save my opinions for the hair and <laughs> I uh, I'm done with Tom Wilson. I've been done with Tom Wilson for a long time. He is 
He is everything that I hate about the NHL. He's this really good, skilled, talented player who should be a star. He's got a good personality. He's a good looking guy. He should be like this. He should be marketed by the league as this, you know, this is what you should watch hockey for. And then he's just a dirtbag on the ice. He's out there to injure people. He doesn't need to do that. It's like Matt Cook was a pretty good hockey player. Rafi Torres could have been a pretty good hockey player, but they were out there to hurt people. They don't give a fuck. And the problem is, Everyone enables him. The Capitals enable him. Where's Alex Ovechkin, the captain, saying, dude, you're costing us a chance to win here. If you get suspended, we need you for the playoffs. Get your shit together. Why aren't the Capitals doing that? Where's the league? The league is the league fined the Rangers a quarter of a million dollars today. Why aren't they fining the Capitals for constantly employing a, a guy like this? Where's the fucking NHLPA, which only seems to 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 back the violence and never the victim. Their their goal is always to limit the punishment and never to protect their own members. Like who cares? Who cares about Artemi Panera and 150 pound ragdoll getting slammed to the ice by his hair without his helmet on? We got to make sure that this guy only gets fined five thousand dollars for punching a guy in the back of the head. I mean, there are so many culprits in this. So many things that just piss me off about hockey. And then that stupid game last night. What a gong show yeah. that was. It's embarrassing. The one second in, you have three fights. None of them involve Tom Wilson. Two minutes later, whatever it is, you got another Tom Wilson fight. Whoop-de-doo. Scores settled. This is what player safety is supposed to prevent. They're supposed to remove Tom Wilson from that setting by suspending him. And since they didn't, you have all these meathead players going, well, got to take the law into my own hands. And then you have a gong show like that. It's embarrassing for the sport. ESPN, yeah, they're, they're getting this league. This is the league they're getting, and that's what they were showing on SportsCenter right off the bat last night. When was the last time hockey led off SportsCenter? They were showing that embarrassing yeah. shit, which is why casual fans are like, what a dumb sport. Well, the problem is, sport, the problem is as that, always, it's, it's best sport, worst league. It never fails. Yeah, and the problem is that a lot of fans are drawn to that stuff too, and, 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 and I get why players, like you ask any player about this stuff, and they're always – you know, they're always defending it. And honestly, if I was a player and, and if you pushed me and if I can push you back and, and wrestle with you and punch you, I probably would just because, like, that's, you know, like human nature and competitiveness. And it's it's up to the league to eliminate this shit, right? Like, it's like uh, hockey is, you know, as violent and, and, and as, you know, destructive as NFL is. And, and you're not allowed to go punch people in the NFL, you know? Like, it's of course not. You, you, permit, you permit your players to do what, you know, wherever the boundaries are. And you can put all... It just until you ban fighting and banning the scrum stuff, and it's just it's it's gonna you know it's gonna enable them, and, and this is always gonna continue to exist, and um, you know, good for the the Rangers going out and speaking out, and and it's it's you know it's funny Wilson gets spent you know suspended, uh, if, you know fined for five thousand, the Rangers react to it and they're two hundred fifty thousand, and it just and Buznevich, the guy who got punched in the back of the head, has a hearing today with player safety, yeah, like it's, or whatever his role in that was. Yeah, I mean, come on, yeah, it's. Uh, it, it's going to take a certain or the right and, and until the NHL continues to hire people who've been past, you know, like be former, you know, enforcers and stuff like it. I don't I don't see things changing a whole lot. You know, like you need like, someone uh, who sees this game, thinks this game differently, thinks of or until the league starts thinking of head injuries different and concussions like it's it's just, you need someone who has a larger scope of uh, of the bigger picture. And, and, you know, like that's all I thought about last night is that how many of these people are going to end up with concussions or CTE or just mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I feel like we need to end up on a Tom Wilson rant and you can read you can read well, all I mean, of our content it, on The Athletic about Tom Wilson <laughs> right now. But well, I, I just I, I what frustrates me is that, you know, I think of all the things like I, there's so many enables the, 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 the NHLPA one's the one that really bothers me, I think, the most like this is a union that is, exists to protect 
players. And they have it negotiated in the CBA that the maximum you could be fined for literally almost anything is five thousand dollars. Yeah, is but it's also like the, the players. The players. It's, it's the players that are you know like uh, pinpointing where they want that. So it's like the players want. But then Tom Wilson elbows a guy in the head, gets twenty games, and the PA argues it down to fourteen. Yeah. Well, I, I guess like, that's, that's like not the natural. The it's a, that, yeah. It's 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 they're always looking to defend their own player. That's. At, but know. what about the player? Who, the, the player who's the victim is also in the PA. That's I know. I'm so just saying that. The, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm on your side. I just, I, I think, I mean, it's all within the system that the system's set up like that, right? Like, it's just there's no, there's no change. Like, you need you you would need the players to be like, yeah, we need to defend the victim more. And I and I don't know if that's the case. You know, I, I just, I just, Tom Wilson. Like, how does Tom Wilson not know better by now? How does he? How dumb must this guy be if he doesn't know better by now? Yeah, and and I have a problem with Tom Wilson, but I just also have a problem with he's unable to do that, right? Like it's just well, exactly. And yeah. and I thought like, John Scott made the, one of the best points. It's like it's just it's open. I know se- old people, John Scott. It's open. It's open season now on on this sort of stuff in the scrum. And how can you yep. how can you say something else isn't permitted when that's when you allow that and and find that? So it's um, I I don't think a lot of players are necessarily thinking that way. But you know, next person who gets fined for roughing in a scrum, they're like, well, what the fuck, right? Like it's right. Um, all right, let's go on. Uh, Andy Hill, are there any D prospects in the system you see emerging as a number one? Do you think there are any upcoming free agents this year or next the Hawks should target? Well, I mean, this has been the big question. We've, we've been talking about this a lot, it feels lately, is it doesn't feel like there's a number one defense. When we were doing our scouts and I was talking to a scout, I asked him, do you see a number one out of any of these guys? He says, I like Connor Murphy the most. That's the guy. But he's a number three. Like, he's a number three on a great team. He's your Nicholas Jalmerson behind Keith and Seabrook is how he described it. And I think that's dead on. I like Connor Murphy a lot. He gets better every year, but he's not the puck mover you need as a number one defenseman. You have to be offensive-minded and be able you have to be what Duncan Keith was for so long, where you could play both ends and play it really, really well to be a true number one. And I don't know if there is a number one. I'm not ready to write off Boquist just yet. Um, he, he again, as another scout put it, uh, his, his development has been stunted significantly by being in the NHL these last two years instead of the AHL because he's just fighting to survive. Um, I'm not willing to write him off yet. He's still a young guy, but I don't see a true number one. I don't see a, a Kale McCarr out there. I don't see a Victor Hedman out there. Not, not in this group. I, I don't, you know, I thought early on book was development stunted. I, I don't, I think after like a certain point last season, I saw progress. I saw progress this year. I mean, part of its issue has been staying on the ice and staying healthy. And, you know, yeah. part of it's COVID. Someone's been uh, other injuries. Um, I, I feel like Boak was the right pairing. Like it works. Like it, that's some of it too. Like I, I was thinking of, you know, Gustav Forsling was looked so, so good with Florida this year. Like, the, you know, as of late, especially. And, and it made me think about just his development curve. Um, and, you know, he was someone who the Blackhawks probably rushed a little bit too soon. He was going to head back in Sweden. And he looked really good in Traverse City. Ended up staying uh, up and down, you know, in, in Chicago for a couple of years. Just never clicked. Um, actually spent a full year last season in in, in uh, Charlotte for uh, for Carolina. And it was in the AHL. And, and, he, and they put him on waivers. He, he gets claimed by the Panthers. And he's been he's been our top-pairing guy. He's been playing... Um, he's been playing really big minutes and, you know, I think he's been really good. And I, I think unless you're an elite talent like Cal McCarr that 
some of it's just it, it it takes time. Duncan Keith took time. Yeah. Like it's, um, I think there are a lot of defensemen that and and now when you're in the Blackhawks, obviously want this to happen quickly with Bodan and Mitchell. And I mean, we're seeing Kalnick do something, but he's also 24 years old. Like it's right, I mean, he's right. four four years older than Bolquist. Like there's some of it just in a natural maturity. Um, so. I'm not going to write off any of these guys, but I don't know if it happens next year. Like it's, I think there might be more of a window that you need. And some of these guys may need to spend more time in, in, um, in Rockford or, or, or getting these. Um, and that's also the difficulty. And I know they, they've played Duncan Keith too much this year. And I, and I think the Blackhawks realize that, but it's also because they want to protect some of these young kids where I think Mitchell and, and Bodan, all these guys would have benefited from playing 24 minutes in, in Rockford this year. And that was, yeah. so like, there's that piece of development curve where you're the guy. And, and, um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not necessarily think any of these are aligned to be number one defenseman. Um, but, but it, within a few years, I, mean, I think they could all take massive steps because they're all pretty pretty young but be- between now and then do the Blackhawks like what's their desire to go find someone that the you know the bridge that gap um well I mean I mean you look at free agents I mean the guy that I would keep coming back to would be Dougie Hamilton yeah. Carolina defenseman right-handed shot very good defenseman plays both ways he's 28 though yeah and you know defenseman that's when you start falling off the cliff a little bit according See, to you look at what happened like Eric uh, he's a right-handed shot um He's a right-handed defense. He's on the right side. I know that. Okay. I don't know what, what shot. I'm pretty sure he's a right-handed shot. But regardless, uh, he's the guy that could very easily become your top guy. But, you know, he's pro- this is going to be his last big contract, right? He's going to want the seven-year deal probably somewhere. He's going to want a lot of money. And while Chicago has great museums, and we know that Dougie Hamilton likes museums, um, I don't know that that's something the Blackhawks should be doing, giving out a seven-year $49 million, $56 million contract. I don't think that's the way forward. I think they really do need to just ride it out with who they have and and hope that two or, you only need two or three of these guys to really come and become very good. You need one to become great and you need a couple to become very good. That's entirely within the realm of possibility. But like you said, it's going to take time. Duncan Keith wasn't Duncan Keith until his fourth or fifth season. So it does, you, you're going to have to, you have to, you have to roll with it. Dougie Hamilton's um, interesting. I, I, I mean, it would take some thinking outside the box, but I, I tell Dougie Hamilton, I'll give you $12 million for two years. You need to sign on the first day of the season so we can put on everyone on LTIR. Like, it would, it takes some, like, you have to yeah. overpay and then you have to think outside the box because they do have cap space. And um, it just, I mean, like, someone the like. Prob- the problem is hockey players don't think that way. They don't want two year deals. They don't want to do the yeah. NBA way. Well, I'm just, is, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bet on myself. It's, I want stability. Everybody yeah. wants stability in the NHL. I just, I, I, someone needs to think like Marion Host a little bit more and, like, what's. You know, like it, if it's yeah. like a mercenary, man, you look at, you know, what host has signed a one year deal with Detroit and like it's, and, and he yeah. used that to, you know, obviously it led to a, a long term deal with the Blackhawks. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd be interesting because it, the, the flat cap also makes us all like teams are re- probably reluctant to give the type of contracts. Um, you know, especially to a Dougie Hamilton, you know, at 28, like it's, it, you, you're not looking to devote eight years to the deal. Like you probably once were when the cap was, was rising. So it would be, I, I don't, again, it's, it would it take the stomach for a player to think outside the box, but right. um, you could probably make more money by taking short-term deals and then you try to set yourself up. So, 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, uh, David McDonald, after throw, we got a lot of, we got a lot of these, like, like 90% of the questions were this after three years of Colleton's defensive man and a half question mark system, we still are among the worst defensive teams. At what point is it a bad system and not just bad parentheses, young players, any thoughts of what the rest of the league thinks of this system? Now I, I, I've been asking around a lot about this lately and I'm actually going to write about this a little bit, uh, for my tomorrow's piece too. So I'll, uh, I'll give it a little insight, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What you've kind of heard from people. I mean, we, we we've all seen you know two defensemen in the same corner. We've seen guys chasing guys behind the net and leaving wraparounds and far posts uh, exposed. We've seen you know just blatant miscommunication. This whole system is based on on communication, right? You have to be aware of what the other guy's doing. It's not just I'm covering this area. It's I'm responding to what that guy's doing. And the Blackhawks have done a really bad job of that. Now, the Blackhawks insist that this is run by like three quarters, like some version of this is run by like three quarters of the teams in the league, including Barry Trotz's Islanders, which I'm not entirely convinced is anything close to the same system because this just, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I heard the two biggest comparisons were, were Nashville and Carolina when they played man to man. Um, that it's it's really similar and it, it's, it's, but a, boy, it's, it looks different than when they're running it, doesn't well, it? Certainly, yeah. And, and <laughs> um, you know, then also someone said to watch the defensive zone video of um, going through Tampa, Dallas, Columbus, and Detroit, and and how they kind of press the at the blue line too. Um, it, it, a lot of it's just execution. Like I, I'm not necessarily. I don't think man to man's like teams play it. They play effectively. It, it's it's executing it. It's having the right personnel for it. Um, the Blackhawks have been so young. They've been. They probably haven't had the right players, but it's. At some point, you need to see that development, right? Like you need to see the progress with it, and I and, and I think I think a lot of these things come to a head next year because y- you need to see progress within within the system within uh, within this team. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, you see some of the similar mistakes. A lot of it's usually sorting. It's uh, you know getting caught behind someone chasing them because you don't have mm-hmm. as much um, with with good players, you know, the right speedy players, the right skaters, like they aren't as much of an issue. Um, there is more communication. So, um, I, I also feel like some things stem, like I, I see, I I think I've seen better, better play within the defensive zone, but I think the Blackhawks have become worse at breaking the puck out. And what it leads to is just, it it leads to more defensive zone time, you know, like it's just, if, if you can't, um, you know, the sport logic numbers, I think that they were like 27th in getting the puck, um, at least in a neutral zone. Like it was just, um, yeah, it's just, it's not, they're effectively they're not breaking out once they do. And, and some of, and a lot of that's on the, I mean, some of it's on the forwards and, and how they hold off players and, and creating that. But I think it's a lot of on the defensemen and their poise with the puck. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like defensively they, they've improved in some ways. And even Zidorov's good within the defensive zone. It's just a matter of once the puck gets on the stick, right? Like it just becomes an issue. So I personally, I, I don't think the man to man's as, as massive of an issue as, as people make it out to be. I, I think it's actually, Execution, getting the it's right. It's always players. execution. Absolutely, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, but at some point, like it's it's got to add up. So it's either because I don't even know if a change in system really does this team. You know, like it, it would actually change. Well, you'd be things. starting from scratch again, and then it would 
just be another year yeah. or two of adjusting. Yeah. All right, we're never going to get through all yeah, these questions. Sure. We're both too long-winded. Marcus uh, Winings, Tampa and LA had two championship teams last season, and my question stems from that. Time Traveler tells you they know that Chicago becomes a two-champion city in 23-24. What two teams are you putting your money on? I mean, it's got to be the Bears and the Sox, right? They're the only teams on the upswing right now. Is the is the Russo still the manager? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I I I don't think he's gonna still be the manager next week at this rate. <laughs> By the way, James Fagan telling Tony LaRusso the, the 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 how the rules work, reading him the rule book basically during a Zoom call, almost made these Zoom calls of a year of a year of these Zoom calls worthwhile. It was great. Can I can I say the Chicago Fire? Can I put them in the mix? Do they count or the Red Stars? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if Marcus uh, is including that. I mean, there's a lot of Chicago area teams if you get into that realm. A right. uh, question from Kevin Allen KB. Do you think the Hawks go with defense or forward in the first round this year's draft? They always push best available, but what do you think? I, I think I, I think there's yeah. a, a need for everywhere, and it's you know, the, if you're picking around twelve, you're, you're picking someone that's at least a couple of years out. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a draft that's really high on defensemen early. Like there could be like four defensemen that go in the top six. Um, you know, I, I did a story the other day and it was my, kind of my first look into the, and it seemed like a lot of forwards and centermen. There's a couple of defensemen, but it seems like they're really like a lot of the draft experts are high in defensemen early on. And then, uh, there's less, like less ones that they think kind of fall in the 15 to 20 range. So. Um, All right, we're doing a lightning round here. Grant right. M says, I, I love Eddie Olchek on the broadcast. I couldn't find much on his Turner deal. Uh, I assume more airtime as a lead. Not sure it takes away from his Hawks coverage. If it does, who would you like in his place? Um, I, 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 from, from what I understand, I was texting with Eddie a little bit last night, just, just congratulating him. Um, from what I understand, I don't think it'll be that much different. Like Turner's doesn't have like games every night. I don't think they're going to have any more, fewer or more games than NBC did. Um, so I think it'll be probably very similar where he'll miss a game once or once a week or so to do a national game, but he'll still be uh doing blackhawk stuff what i'm really hoping for is this tnt stuff the turner stuff includes hbo max and we need if the nhl wants to get you know some some cool publicity and and, and new fans put an r-rated version of the broadcast on hbo max hockey people curse better than any humans on the planet eddie o is a master i am, I am in awe of him every time i speak with him and i think it'd be super fun to just have r-rated just have just have all your announcers just fuck what the hell fucking shit was that while you're watching the game it'd be great uh, tanner layman is <laughs> you're not even responding <laughs> no i have nothing for you uh <laughs> am i the only one very disappointed in mitchell's play this season it's it's been a tale of two halves you know like if, if if you just took mitchell from the first half like i think there's a lot of positives like he was really confident uh, you know, like he was probably on the wrong side of some goals, but you know, like he'd looked the part, um, the confidence certainly waned over the course of the season, has him in that same player. Uh, again, it's a, you know, like he's not an absolute, uh, star. He's got some potential and he needs some time. So the fact that he got this much time early on, he's another guy who I just, he could have benefited from signing last season and, and doing a lot. It's also could have benefited from a lot of time in Rockford this year, but everything's been accelerated. So, uh, question. That jump from college is, is is harder than people think. It's a very different game. Yeah, it's even a jump from I mean juniors and stuff. You know, like it's just it's it's all yeah. None of it's easy. So I, I think especially with defensemen too that some maturity is needed. So uh, question from X Gina: What are your thoughts on playoffs? How do you think division separation in the regular season will affect it? I'm curious to see what happens when we get into the conference finals. How do you think it'll work with the matchups since there's no East and West? I think it'll be great. I mean, I, I don't I don't like this necessarily going forward. I do like reseeding 
in the final four. I don't like necessarily strictly divisional play. I don't think it gives you the best matchups. You're going to have Colorado Vegas potentially in the second round, which we see that a lot in the NHL over the years where the second round has the best matchups. I don't really like that. I'd like to see that later. But at the beginning of the season, I picked Avalanche over over uh, Hurricanes in the final. I like that that's a possibility, even though they're kind of in the same quote-unquote conference this year. Um, I, I think it's gonna all, it'll all wash out in the end. Uh, basically, it just guarantees that Canada has a 25% chance of winning the Stanley Cup. I think this is all a massive conspiracy by Canada. Uh, question from John. Do you say cons- <laughs> conspiracy by Canada? <laughs> just let that one wash over you. <laughs> uh, question from John Stiglitz. Other than trading Seabrook and Shaw, how can Stan free up their cap hits for offseason spending? Uh, yeah, That's the, a good question. There's, uh, there's offseason LTIR, and it just it, it, it allows you to build uh, – Build over the over like you can put those guys in LTI during the off season, but it does it, it doesn't give you any flexibility during the regular season. Like if someone gets hurt or something, you can move guys up and down. Um, and Stan Bowman's usually you know he was asked a lot about it when when Hosa's situation came up and and he was against it because it just doesn't allow any flexibility. And considering how young the Blackhawks are and and how much they want these young guys playing and probably moving between the two, I I don't see it um, working out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like they can walk away with the door off if they wanted a little bit more money, or or, or even you know, um, I, don't, I don't have to look and see who the buyout candidates are, but I, I don't expect them to do anything with Seabrook and Shaw's contract. I think they're really complicated, especially in the flat cap world, and, and they're probably not worth what you have to give up. Like that's the big thing. Like even with Seattle, like for Seattle to take that on, like it's probably a first round pick at least, and maybe a prospect, right. and that it really. Uh, and the f- you shoot yourself in the foot at that. Yeah, point. like, and I think the big equation is like it's eventually the Blackhawks are going to need cap space again. Um, but even now, like Doc and Boak with second contracts, they're not going to cost you like even DeBrinkets. I don't think unless those guys are take massive steps next season, they just don't have the resume to require six seven million. Right. And I don't even think DeBrinket gets what he makes if uh, if the cap had been flat. Uh, let's see. Um, we got an email here from Matt from Halifax. Uh, this is an interesting. We can come back to kind of kick a full circle to Kirby Doc. Yep. Uh, in in your scouts article from yesterday, one of the contributors was quite blunt about Kirby Doc. Do you think they gave a fair assessment given how little we saw of him? Personally, I don't think you can assess a twenty year old center coming off the rookie year and an injury of that severity on eighteen games. So to say he isn't the guy or has regressed. It's a little premature, in my opinion. I still think he's your likely number one center or a damn good 2C, even if he wasn't quite as dominant as he was in the bubble last year. Now, the, I think the point he's bringing is, I, you know, one guy said, you know, 50-50 that he ever scores more than 50 points. Like, they just don't see the offense out of it. Everybody, everybody likes Kirby Doc. Nobody is down on Kirby Doc. Everyone's really appreciates his all-around game. I think he's going to be a very good player. The question is, can he produce like a number one center? Jonathan Taves wasn't just really good in his defensive end and on the penalty kill, he also was a top power play guy who scored 70 points a season. Are we going to see that at a Kirby Doc? That's the big question. He's just 20. He's got every tool in the book, uh, in the shed, box, whatever. He can do it. He's got to learn to finish, though, and that's the, that's been a problem. I wrote about that a few weeks ago. Is he doesn't he creates the chances and he doesn't finish. I think almost everything you saw to him this year, I wouldn't take seriously. He was playing hurt. It wasn't him at full strength. I think he'll be fine. What, what we saw in the bubble is closer to what we're going to see from him going forward. But that is the big question. Can he be a top point producer or can he just be like, um, what, like a Nico Heashier type? I, I also, you know, like even Taves isn't a point of game guy, you know, like I was just, I pulled it up when you're we talking. He's only had two seasons over 70 points. Like it's often in the 60s, but I mean, he's had plenty of 50 point seasons too. Like there's nothing. 
like there's nothing wrong being a 50 to six point point guy as a center as long as you're you know like you're able to do other things and like even now like i feel like doc you've seen him how he is on the penalty kill like putting him and debrinkin on the penalty kill together has been one of the smarter things Collison's done late in the season like they were able to create chances like he just makes him more makes him more versatile and i think you know obviously doc has to get better at face-offs and you know but you also put him with with more like you put him on the top unit like he's going to end up with points and sometimes points are just points you know like you need yeah. to be able to impact the game so i because um, i mean what we saw how doc ended last season where he was playing he was playing top you know top line five on five minutes um you know played more five on five time than taves the way that we saw him play at world juniors i mean it was only world juniors but the way that he was playing leading up to that was just at an elite level so i'm not sure how to evaluate this you know like he he came back from a wrist injury early wasn't himself like the way that he was trending i I would have expected more out of him this season if he's healthy so it's it seems all a little bit premature to talk about what doc is or can be i'm always amazed that you know people people want to like just say definitively stuff like with boquist and Doc, how young they are. I, I, I didn't put this. This wasn't a scout that told me this, but it was a, a hockey person that I trust and, and, and respect said, you know, Kirby Doc is either going to be Jonathan Taze or he's Nick Bugstad. There's nothing in between. Yeah. He's 20 years old. Let's let's wait a little bit. All right. Let's not throw the Nick Bugstad thing around that easily. Come on. Let's let's give him some, look at look at the Panthers number like um, what's a Uyghur, right? Like the Panthers defenseman. Uh, yeah. Who's 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 become their number one defenseman. He was in the ECHL. Forsling played in the AHL. They're playing as like the number one, almost the number one pair now. Like it's, yeah, I, there were elite talents that come McCars and the McDavid's and, um, you know, like obviously they're, they're players who emerge quickly and, and, and Doc's probably emerged a lot quickly than we expect. And I think even Lucas Reichel is going to be someone who's going to push for time last year. And, and I, I know the Blackhawks have, you know, Stan Bowman said a lot that you can play younger players early now. And, and I feel like it's the league's trended that way. And even something like the NFL, remember when quarterbacks, like you got drafted and it wouldn't be for like until you played for like two or three years. And I, right. I think it's just, it's, it's, it started to, you know, in another direction it's pushing, but sometimes players need time and some of it's patience. So, um, you know, aside from doc and I mean, Bocas was the top 10 pick, but they, they knew that it was because of his age, like there might be more of a curve. So yeah, I, I'm, I think there are a lot of tools there that you think are, you know, positive and just give it a little bit of time. And, um, so patience, patience. that's clearly the mark of a sports fan. Yes. Uh, we got I think else? that's, I think that sums it up for now. Yeah. We can maybe do another one of these down the road. This yeah, is no, fun. this is good. Yeah. This is a good way to fill up time and yeah. yeah uh, we'll, 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 we'll probably have a season wrap up sometime next week. And then we might, uh, wait a little bit for some things to happen closer to the expansion draft and the draft and free agency. But in the meantime, if you have any questions for the show, you can email us at lazandpowers at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 714-759-4529. Yeah, we'll be back at it next week. What we got? We got fans in the building this week. This weekend will be. Uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I know the game means nothing, but I'm I'm just excited to. We, we, you and I went to the Cubs Cubs Mets game a couple weeks ago, and it was just like it felt normal, even with only like 25 percent capacity. It was just nice. Yeah, no, it's uh, like, yeah, just a sign of life again. So, uh, we will be back at it next week. Uh, for for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is. <laughs> you almost forgot my name there. Uh, I, 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 well, I remember your name. I just couldn't figure out how to like the words. Like I needed to connect the words. So, from <laughs> from Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lamb Laz and Powers.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.